everybody. Welcome to our midweek podcast. This week it's on Wednesday, okay? It's not Friday today. It's Wednesday. Just glad that you're taking the time to listen. I'm Pastor Josh, and today I have uh, Terry Brown back. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and so today we're going to be talking about the sermon uh, that was preached this past weekend uh, based on Genesis 16, uh, verses 1 to 16. And it's all about how Abram, Sarai, and Hagar have this drama going on. Uh, and ultimately, Sarai jumps the gun and decides to come up with a plan to actually get kids after God, a decade prior, had said that she and Abram would have children. Um, and so the Sermon on the Weekend was all about, it was called The Waiting Game. It was all about just how impatient we can be as people and how ultimately at the end of the day, when we get involved or when we um, submit to pressure, that we plunder our potential. And that even in the middle of all of the mess that we create in our decisions, God sees us and he's with us and he's willing to redeem all of it. That you and I are not powerful enough to kind of take God's will uh, and destroy it, but that we are able to take it off course for a season and when we are ready to kind of come back into uh, connection with him and uh, according to kind of what he wants us to do, that we're, we can get back on track towards the very thing that he put us on in the first place. So all that said, what do you think, Terry? Um, I don't know. When I, when I was listening on the weekend, I guess what, or even in thinking about it now, um, like I'm still not a patient person in general. Uh, like your story about the, the airport there, I would have been flipping out probably. Like most times in traffic, I'm usually flipping out for 90% of my drives in the city here. But uh, So I don't like to wait that way. But I do think that I remember, especially when I was my teenagers, young 20s in that range, um, I think my what's changed for me over the years anyway is my expectation of God or what who I thought God was or what I thought my relationship with God was supposed to look like or what my life was supposed to look like with God. And I think on that side of things, that's, that's what's... Like as an example, so when I was a teenager, I, I, I mentioned this last time I was here, but kind of the way I grew up was a lot of uh, name it, claim it, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yeah. I, had the, on the, I wasn't here on the weekend, so I watched you guys online. It was, uh, it was between you and Joel Olstein who I was going to watch, and you guys won. So. Hey, that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. You have a better beard, though. So. Oh, um, he can't grow one. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, Anyway, I did tune into that for a second, and it really gave me a flashback because it was a lot of the, you know, pray and whatever. So that, for me, for whatever reason, when I was younger, everything would hinge on on the next thing I was asking for, as dumb as that might sound. But it was like if I hurt my knee, I would be praying that it would get better. And then if it didn't get better right away, what the heck, despite the fact I wasn't doing my physio the way I'm supposed to, you know what I mean? It was kind of that sort of thing. And, um, and same thing with job, marriage, like everything. It was always like uh, genie, you know. Genie ask, in a bottle. Genie in a bottle, asking God for stuff. And then when he didn't do it in my timeline, then I was 
bothered or, you know, I don't know. I had a very first world view of Christianity, a very spoiled view of Christianity, I think. Whereas now, when I think of it, like I, I, I lean on the sovereignty of God a lot mm-hmm. for myself. And I've come to learn that a lot of the times when I ask for things or pray for things or am asking God for something, I'm usually way off base anyway. And I'm probably better off not getting what I asked for. And so how I look at it now um, is I, I know that we're still, you know, God loves us and it's okay if we ask for things. I get that too. But it's more like I know you can do it, God, if you choose to. Like I think about the centurion, right, who came and asked God to heal his son. And he mm-hmm. knew that when he commands people, so of course God can so I think of God in that same way. He can do anything he wants. Yeah. And so I might ask, but at the same time, I would rather, if I'm not supposed to receive something or if I'm supposed to go through a hard time for a bit, I'd rather go through it if that's going to be what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that almost takes the, for me, it's not my intention, but it's just the way I actually view Scripture and God now. And that's why I think that, Scripture in its entirety is important. Knowing who God is, knowing who I'm actually following, which would change my expectations because it changes the way I believe and changes how I act. So that's 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 where I come down on this whole thing when I'm listening, and yeah. I get it. Like I I get that any time I've gone through, you know, what I talked about on the podcast here last time or whatever. Like when I went through that period of time, it was crappy. Like, there were some really crappy moments. But I had no idea what God was doing during that time. I felt like crap, and it wasn't fun. But I now, kind of on the other side of it, look back, and I'm really grateful for every part of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so I kind of, I know it's really hard in the situation, like, at the time to look at things that way, but that's I try and, as best I can, step back and look at things that way, I guess. But I don't know if that makes any sense. But. No, I... I think, I think the thing is like it shifted for you right over time. Um, I think the the big thing with the story of Abram and and Sarai is they move everything on the, based on this promise, mm-hmm. right? So obviously there was something about God, uh, this God that they didn't really know uh, off the hop that was so compelling that it would make them move, right, or make Abram move. Um, But then at this point now, it's a decade later, and for some reason, Sarai can't wait anymore. And I, I would say a big part of it is that she doesn't really know or she's doubting who God is to her. And that's why I think your comment about the scriptures is so important because it's a... It's a different angle than, than what we talked about on the weekend, but that's what Scripture does for you. It teaches you about who you actually do say that you love. Mm-hmm. So that gives you um, a foundation, not only foundation, but reassurance too. Like, Because when I read in the Scriptures over and over again how God shows up for people, it does give me a confidence that he's going to show up for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people end up doing what Sarai did ultimately because they don't 
have that foundation or that confidence in who who he says he is. It's it's it's. I mean, Marvin talked about it the week prior. You know, faith is really um, the response and action to who God actually is, His character and His promises. That, you, that what He says He'll do, He'll actually do. Mm-hmm. I think it's a. I think it shows that. Like, I think it shows too that any situation is redeemable too, mm-hmm. because. Yeah, that's like that's what I like too about. There's all these. Like through the Bible, there's these big stories, right? There's David and Bathsheba. There's Ab- Abram and this whole story with Isaac, and then I, you know, and then later being tested with Isaac yeah. and him actually going. So there's there's all these things, and I think one thing for me too that it it's like, I don't know, it kind of takes the pressure off in a way too, where it's like Abram and Sarah. How do you say her name Sarai. instead of Sarah? Sarai, but just say Sarah. People know what you're talking about. Hopefully. All weekend, I'm like, stop saying it like that. I can't well, even... That was her name before I know changed. it was. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> but uh, little pet peeves. So uh, anyway, so Sarah and and Abram, like that's a... In my world, that would be a huge screw-up. Absolutely. Like that's bigger than any screw-up that I could... Absolutely. ...imagine right now. And yet, he still brings an entire nation... From Abram, and and so it it also tells me that when God makes a promise, like no matter how hard I could even try to screw it up, it's still God made a promise. Yeah, and He sticks to His promises. Yeah, and that goes to your whole idea of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And I think some people have a have a difficult time with the idea of sovereignty. Like, oh, you know, don't I have a say in it? Well, yeah. But ultimately, he's God. Mm-hmm. He can do what he wants. Right? Romans talks about that, ultimately. It's like, well, he'll do what he wants. He's God. He's the master. He's the one that rules and reigns over everything. And, like, you know, God is in charge of literally everything. Would we not? Like, why would we want to follow a God that can't do whatever he wants? Right. That, like, that's where my head goes. I know, I know that bothers people. people. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, like... I, I wouldn't want to follow a God that, like, if we believe that God created the entire world and the universe, of course he can do what he wants. Like, Absolutely. I'm a peon compared to that, right? But he loves us enough to also let us live our lives and make mistakes and yeah. and that sort of thing, too. Like, With, I, I, think, I think a better way to say, like, because we always say how God is in control. I think God's in charge. He's responsible for everything. He's mm-hmm. the one, uh, not responsible in the the effects or the consequences of stuff, but he's the one holding everything in his in the palm of his hand. Like he's he's that powerful. I think what's so good about him is that he does give us control to be able to act and react in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Like as much as God is sovereign, there's also human responsibility mm-hmm. to respond in obedience to stuff and. We diminish that all the time. You have two camps theologically that you say God is completely in control, you know, in control of everything. He is sovereign. Everything is happening because it's his his ultimate will. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I believe that he's ultimately in charge and in control. But at the same time, there's human responsibility to respond to what God is asking you to do. And that in and of itself has consequences if you don't. Mm-hmm. And that takes things on a different path. And it's not that 
God's will has changed. It's that all of a sudden you're taking control of something or you're because you have control uh, in certain aspects of your life, like you can decide certain things and it takes you off on a different path, but it's not that it ever thwarted God's ultimate sovereign will for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have a hard time yeah, believing. Like it, it goes one or two ways. It's either all extreme over here. Like I can, I have say on everything and over here it's, well, he's literally controlling what you, the brand of toothpaste you use. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't think that's, <laughs> those are the two ditches. Those are the two ditches. But somewhere in the middle is God is sovereign, but there's human responsibility to respond to what he is sovereignly telling us to do. Yeah. Just like any parent, you know. Well, and I think, too, like, I don't know. I, I, you can probably tell. I like to just think about this stuff because yeah, okay. I, I find it interesting. But, but, like, even a prayer. Let's say I have a prayer. Okay, let's say when I was younger, my, I want to make a hockey team. Sure. Well, I went to a Christian school. Yeah. So I guarantee you there's other people there also praying to make the hockey team. And only one of us is going to make it, right? So, like, there's that whole thing that, yeah, God can give us anything, but it might not work out. Like, And I'm inherently selfish. Absolutely. I think most people, most of us are deep down. And so when I'm thinking of a situation, I'm not, I can't see the bigger picture. No. Right? So... Like, so many things that have happened to me where it maybe didn't turn out the way that I dreamt it up, I now look back and I'm like, ah, but I didn't really know what was going on over there. And if right. it had worked out the way I wanted it to, this wouldn't have happened. Or maybe wouldn't, totally. you know what I mean? Maybe we wouldn't have, there's all sorts of things. But. Well, I mean, James, I think it's James 4. James says to the church there, like, you know, you ask for things, but you ask for with wrong motives. So, and you wonder why you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's because you have the wrong motives when you're asking it. And I think, like, that's, that's why our response, like you're saying, is so finite. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know all the angles. We don't know why it's happening that way. We don't know what's going on here. We don't know what God is trying to get at there. So we get offended because we're like, man, it didn't work out the way I asked. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't, isn't God good? Isn't he, you know, what, what kind of controlling mean God is he? When a lot of times, like in retrospect, when you actually look at how things play out, you realize, oh, I'm kind of glad that it didn't play out the way I wanted it to play out. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it protected me from a lot of things or uh, it taught me a lot of lessons or whatever it is, you know. Like, I, I, I think that's the, I think that's the beauty of patiently waiting mm-hmm. and just letting God do what he's going to do and moving when he tells you to move and obey just be ready to obey. Yeah. And I think even what's changed for me, maybe it's just getting older, maybe it's experience, you or maybe you it's... You are old. Right? Yeah, <laughs> getting there. Um, look younger than you still, but... That's true. <laughs> uh, so looking at things for me in the last... Especially, again, back from where I came from, first of all, when I'm younger, I look at everything instant, which mm-hmm. I think that's pretty natural. And then when we kind of got into the whole, like end times, everything is, you know, it could all be over in an instant focusing on. But now I look at it, like I could be here hopefully 80 years, right? Like in total. And that's a pretty cool part of, of being, getting to be a Christian, looking at it in the long term is like, I, I get to grow and learn and change and yeah. Who knows what direction things could go, but I know 
all my experiences so far, I'm really grateful for pretty much all of them for where I'm at now. And I'm sure by the time I'm 80, I'll look back at this age and say the same thing. But that's very rare. I think like the, what you're saying is a very rare attitude. I think a lot of people want to have things, you know, I's dotted, T's crossed to know exactly what's going to happen. So, so how do you live with just the in, being unsure about what is exactly going to happen in life? Uh, I mean, you seem pretty content about that. You're like, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, whatever the Lord wants to do, which is, which is not the response of many people. So how did you get there? I think just having the crap eaten out of me. <laughs> For real, like just hitting, hitting the skids. Like I didn't know if God was real and he pulled me out of the muck and mire and kind of, you know what I mean? And so I believe he'll do it again. And, and again, reading scripture, like I, the one thing, it, it's maybe the scariest thing in scripture is that God reads our heart mm-hmm. and it's also the most freeing thing. Because the scary part is I can't hide anything from him. Right. Right? Right. But the great part is that I may not do everything right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. For sure I'm not going Mm -hmm. to. And my life, I might make decisions that aren't going to be the best. I'm going to try. But God reads my heart. Yeah. And so that's what I, like I know that when I get up in the morning, I'm honestly going to try today to love God and love other people. Right, and I'm stealing that from. I heard it at a wedding that we were at in the fall, and I was like, "That's exactly you know." It was so simple, yeah. But it's the way that I think. It's like when I get up in the morning, I want to love God and I want to love other people, yeah. And I want to do my best to help my wife and my family, mm-hmm. my kids, and the people I work with or whatever. And then beyond that, I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm going to screw up. But God's going to read my heart, yeah. And but at the same time. When I'm 20 or so, that was really scary because my heart was, I really wanted to do what I wanted to do. And if I could have found a way to hide it from God, I would have. It's just, it's impossible to do that. It's like, yeah. But you could hide it from everybody else. That's the thing. You could hide all your motives from everybody else. And I think that's what's scary about even the world that we live in for, you know, with social media and stuff too, is people will post things you have no idea what their motivations are behind why they're posting it. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and I think ultimately it's, it's the new form of meddling sometimes. What do you mean? Like in the midst of God's plan uh, or like what he wants to do with us, sometimes the things that we want, the easiest way to kind of get the affirmation that we want out of it is to post something online about how amazing we are or, you know, here's, the, here's a potential plan or, you know, here's something that's going on or whatever. And ultimately, at the end of the day, instead of being patient and waiting, we, we kind of lean into people's affirmations of what we're thinking instead of just saying, like, well, what, what does God want in this? And so now, because you can vocalize everything unwisely a lot of the time, it gets people into a lot of trouble. Like what you're going to do or your future plans? What do you mean? Both. Oh. What you're going to do, future plans... Uh, you know, I think like, why, what's the motive behind it? Same with Sarai, right? Like that was the thing. What was her motive behind meddling in the middle of it Mm -hmm. and, you know, announcing this plan to Abram and just getting him on board? It was ultimately about her. Yeah. And I think like that's, that's the reality of the world we live in. 
a lot of it is about me. And so even though it might be masked in a, I'm doing this for other people, it is about your heart. And it is about God being able to read it and creating a relationship with him that leads you to want what he wants. See, I find that the, the whole thought of that sounds stressful to me. Yeah. No, it does. Be, like hiding stuff or trying to pretend is like, it's maybe it's just because I'm too tired and old, but like yeah. I have no desire to. You know, I'm not saying I don't ever. We all do. Every all time do you do it. a job interview or sure. you do, you know, of course sure. you put your best foot forward. But but to live like that all the time or to, yeah. I don't know. It's a game. Yeah, but it's tiring. And a lot of times it's a game that we play because we're tired of waiting for what God wants to do in our own lives. Yeah. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's what kills us. It just creates havoc and chaos. And like you're saying, like it's exhausting when you think about it. The easier thing for both of them to do in the story would have been to just be like, you know, we're going to chill out and wait. It's boring. But you wouldn't have all the drama. Yeah. But we all do stuff like that in little little ways all the time, right? Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. And we pay for it after. And we pay for it after. And so the the wisdom in it all could just be wait. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the point that you make about God can redeem it, that's, that's, that's the safety net in a sense, right? Like, um, God can redeem it. Like, that's the joy of it, is that you, you might feel like you're crashing and burning, but God still has your back, mm-hmm. and he's willing to redeem whatever it is if you're willing to admit that this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, I think that's part of it. And yeah, and just being honest about it because that is, we have kids, you know what it's like. Oh, they yeah. do something stupid and we could deal with it in three minutes, but they have to lie to me 27 times over, <laughs> over the course of two hours and argue about it and whatever. And then two hours later, finally get it rectified. And it's, but I guess we all do that yeah. in some ways. So. But that's what we do with God. Yeah. Some of us fight it and fight it and fight it. And, we're in our 80s and we're finally going down the path that we were supposed to be doing in the beginning. Or you can just kind of be like, okay, well, I'm an idiot. I screwed up. I need you to fix this. I need you to help me. And he always will. That's the thing. But some of us just take a lot longer to get to that than others. And it's is very, I'm sure for God, it's very frustrating. <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. Right? Like, why does it take years and years for somebody to finally be like, I was wrong, I need to make it better? Mm-hmm. It, there's no need for it. So Easy and, to say, no. Easy <laughs> to say. But I think the older you get, the more you realize that. Yeah. When, when you're in your teens and 20s, like, even some 30s, like, you yeah. want to be right. Well, I still want to be right <laughs> lots. I, but. I just find sometimes not being honest about stuff is exhausting. Yeah. So you might not be right. Oh, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather talk about and find out, though, because right. that's why I love to debate and stuff all the time. It's like that's how I know what I if I believe is right or wrong. Oh, yeah. I need somebody to... It could be wrong, but you got to prove to me it's wrong so that I can actually change things and yeah, absolutely. not be a doofus. Yeah, don't be a doofus. Yeah. <laughs> that's the lesson of the whole thing. <laughs> don't be a doofus. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for being on today, Terry. 
I appreciate it. No problem. Well, if you enjoyed the podcast today and you want to look for other episodes, you can go to elamchurch.podbean.com or go to iTunes and search up Elam Church. You'll find us there. As well, if you're looking for more info about Elam overall, you can go to elamchurch.ca and we'd be more than happy to connect with you and get to know you. Um, Big takeaway today, don't be a doofus, okay? Just be patient for the Lord. Wait for Him and your life. Not necessarily perfect, but you'll have a lot less drama and he'll get done in you and through you what he needs to get done. So have a great day.